right now in our Auckland studio, although he's uh, possibly someone who prefers to spend more time out on the farm, is Dr Shane Forgy, who wants to see dung beetles all over farms up and down the country. Dung beetles have been allowed into the country since 2011 after a group of farmers campaigned for them in the years before that. The Environmental Protection Agency gave their approval to allow 11 species of beetles to be imported and released here. Sean started Dung Beetle Innovations in 2014 with Andrew Barber and has been helping farmers establish dung beetles on farms ever since. They've done so, uh, established colonies, on more than 900 farms now. Sean says dung beetles should be part of all farmers' toolboxes when trying to manage fresh water on the property. The beetles carry off and bury animal manure and the tunnels they dig help water infiltrate the soil. The Ministry for Primary Industries has used its Sustainable Farming Fund to put 800000 towards dung beetle-related projects, dollars that is, which was integral to getting the beetles here and available as well as setting up Sean's company. He's pushing for wider use. He says there should be financial backing from the government, making the case for the dung beetles. Sean is in the Auckland studio. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much for having me. So what is the service that they provide? I've outlined some of it, but just put it into a farming system. What does the dung beetle add? Well, look, there's vast benefits from the services they provide. I think the key ones is utilising that free resource on the pasture surface. Now, if we look at 100 million tonnes of cow and sheep manure deposited on pasture surfaces per annum, all of that is a nutrient and carbon resource if it's buried. Now, these beetles, you put them into the environment, they get about the idea of nesting beneath all of that manure that's freshly voided from those animals, put it down into the soil horizon, about to 60 centimetres in heavy clay soils, deeper in friable soils, and relocate all that manure and lay eggs in it and utilise it for their own nesting and reproductive purposes. The process of doing that improves that soil structure and, uh, as you've mentioned, improved soil structure and getting all that in the ground means less surface flow. And when you've got it in the ground... There's a vast amount of that fertiliser and carbon resource in there available for, uh, for foraging crop roots, um, uh, microbial activity, earthworms and everything else. That's a fantastic effect of soil horizon now at about 60 centimetres. It takes a long time, though, to fully achieve benefits, I understand. Can you explain? Well, no, no I wouldn't say it takes a long time. You, you, you get these vast numbers of beetles delivered to your farm. You put them out, they reproduce. They reproduce at an exponential rate. Now on a typical farm that's got about 300 cows or about 2,000 stock units, it takes about nine years post-release to actually get a full saturation. That's total carrying capacity beetles proportional to how much poo's on the farm. That's half the time, by the way, it is for uh, a mature stand of plantings, for example. So what is the service at the end again? What is the actual end benefit that that a farmer would see uh, that yeah. they might be trying to achieve another way at the moment? Yeah, well, look, um, some of the key ones is, uh, is about a 35% increase in above-ground productivity, um, root biomass down to 60 centimetres, uh, an 80% reduction in the surface flow of contaminants entering the waterways off your farm in severe rainfall events. 80%? So one, 80%. Because it goes down into the ground rather than surface, stays That's on surface. That's right, and so we're getting all of this into the ground rather than your existing uh, mitigation tools for improving water off your farm, such as plantings and, and fencings. So you may as well have this as an additional tool on the pasture that not only improves pastoral productivity, but it's also reducing the water shed coming off the surface of your farm. MPI has some concerns about the interactions dung beetles might have with the very important earthworms. Quote, it has not been significantly studied, unquote. 
Uh, well, that's inaccurate. Um, in fact, totally inaccurate. There's been lots of studies done on this. Most of those pastoral earthworms were introduced into New Zealand as well. It turns out that similar studies on these uh, earthworms with dung beetles results in a five-fold increase in earthworm biomass and the depth in which earthworms uh, will flourish as well. And that's because they can go down and eat a resource further down in the soil horizon because of the improved soil structure, the macropores, and the nutrients down there for them to feed on. So in contrast to what they say, the science shows that's not true. Well, Tim, let me complete the sentence, which has not been significantly studied in New Zealand. Well, look, so that's the thing. So a lot of people seem to think New Zealand's this rosy-coloured, unique ecosystem. No, it's not. Um, the grasses aren't even unique. Um, this whole process is being studied in very similar habitats and pastures all around the world with similar catchments. Maybe the soils are a little bit different, but the ecosystem processes will be the same. So what studies we've done in New Zealand conform with exactly what's being published overseas, so this will be exactly the same. Any other biosecurity issues with uh, introducing new species? We tend to think about those a little bit more than we did perhaps in the past. Uh, and are there any others, whether it's the possibility of introducing disease or, or any other environmental potential impact that needs to be considered? Well, that was all considered right at the start of this whole Environmental Protection Authority process. If there are any risks attached to this, we wouldn't have been given permission to bring them into the country. So we have to go through a very vigorous risks, costs uh, and benefits process, a full EB consultation. You have to go through that for any new organism coming to the country. We went through all of that, and that's all done, so we're here with these beetles now. Actually, native dung beetles and some Mexican ones, I think. There are actually some native dung beetles and some Mexican ones that were, that were introduced in the 1950s. What's different about the ones you're bringing in? Yeah, yeah, well, so look, firstly, the native dung beetles, we do have some. It's a fairly depauperate fauna, which means there's not that many types of native dung beetles, but they're all confined to closed canopy forest and uh, bush habitats. There's a few stragglers that go up into tussock areas but largely in those forest and closed canopy areas, which means we don't really have anything that goes out into open grassland areas, which is where that first problem was when we created pastures and imported livestock minus beetles that were actually in open grassland environments. We brought in deliberately this Mexican dung beetle from Western Samoa, so it's actually a tropical beetle uh, that was introduced up into Whangarei and into Nelson. It flourished up in Whangarei, uh, and we've since relocated it all the way down to Marlborough now. Um, but it only does a particular time of the year and one particular job. Now, to get that 100 million tonnes of manure into the ground, you need an army of beetles that are active at different times of the year, so spring ones, summer ones, autumn ones and winter ones. That's, that's the key area where you've got to bring in different varieties. A okay. couple of bullet points because I've got to get on to our next guest, although he's enjoying listening to you. <laughs> to <laughs> <dunk> <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to let him speak. Uh, very quickly, someone's asking, uh, what's the effectiveness on hill country sheep? Uh, same effect as you'd have it anywhere else, really. So they are attracted to the smell of freshly voided manure, whether it's sheep or cows on slopes or on uh, low-lying low areas. Can you see them? To the naked eye. Uh, absolutely. So they fly around probably about a metre above the ground. When you've got that high uh, abundance of beetles, they buzz around um, above the ground searching for that um, manure, and then they dive bomb into it. So when you've got a large carrying capacity, they're basically all over dive so bomb into poop. So if you're out in your paddock, you'll notice them. You'll see them around. But Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's the cost? Have you done a sort of like a cost-benefit for yeah. a, a, a case study farm? Yeah, yeah. Look, so these things cost about 10 dollars to about fifty dollars per hectare on a farm for long-term benefits not only for that water reduction by 80 percent 
but also increasing your pastoral productivity by about 35%. Remember, all that forage foul on the pasture surface is repugnant zones with cow poos in the middle. If you get that down, you're increasing your productivity. The cost for this, I would say for the government, would probably be anywhere between 33 million and 60 million over 10 years to cover the entire country. That's 4% of an annual planting budget. Final question is mine, because I have an urban legend that apparently dung beetles caught by rolling up a nice big round ball of dung and offering it to a prospective partner. Is that broadly true? <laughs> well, normally you know, the, the partner's normally sitting on that ball and the, and the guy's actually rolling it all around the place. But that's part of the nuptial courtship behaviour process. Thank you very much, Sean Foggy. And uh, more details if you want to learn more about that. I think we've got a link up on the website if you're interested in, in uh, having a having a look at uh, the initiative he is wanting to roll out around the country.